The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 905- Nine seven two seven four two zero. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all this Saturday. Good, Good morning, Scott. So uh, we've been talking a lot on the show about inflation and uh, obviously what's happened post pandemic. But uh, boy, we better book our trips to Disneyland because it's all uh, the, apparently inflation's dropping, or at least a <laughs> sliver, anyway. <laughs> yeah, slight decrease. Um, but you know what's really interesting? Our last uh, guest, uh, or a couple weeks ago, is Philip Peterson. And he talked about, you know, this is a case where bad news will actually see the stock market go up. And we've seen that in the past week where they've been talking about the uh, potential recession and the stock market, both U.S. and Canada, have gone up. Because the idea there, it's not usually bad news means the markets also go down. But in this case, bad news means, oh, good, they might not increase interest rates any further. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what's been seeing these massive swings in the stock market. Uh, and and potentially, and then again, what you just mentioned, Scott, the decrease of inflation, these all bode well for less interest rates hikes in the future or maybe eliminating some. So, yes, it's, it's quite interesting. And that's kind of what's been going on in the past week. Uh, that being said, with interest rates, uh, it appears they are going to go up again. And uh, we haven't really heard anything about them stalling. But you think this might slow it down in the future? They're talking about a recession by early 2023 now. Yeah. And that's, that's again, that's kind of a good news, bad news story. It means recession means that these interest rate hikes are working. And it means that, uh, that eventually there'll be less demand for things. And that's really what a recession is. You have less growth. And, and it will curb demand, curb uh, possibly spending, which it generally does. And that would also curb inflation. So it, uh, we all, none of us wants to take the medicine. We all love the good times, but sometimes you have to take a little bit of the medicine to get the, to rally in this inflation or, or, or at least slow it down and then bring it back down again. Yeah, that's uh, a good that's a good segue, actually, Don, just to talk about inflation and Scott talking about inflation. So in the U.S., inflation rates are are at eight point two percent. Canada, the recent number is six point nine. So inflation is a little bit higher in the U.S. So uh, that's on the mind for a lot of Canadians going down to the U.S. Uh, thinking about, you know, how's their dollar going to going to fare to the U.S. dollar? The other thing is that the dollar, uh, Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar has, has switched about 10% in the last year as well. So a lot of erosion of capital uh, by not doing anything, but just sitting there looking at what inflation has done and what, what the dollar has actually done. So I, I got a couple tips for uh, Canadian snowbirds. You know, it's top of mind. Last last month, we had a big storm down in the, down in the U.S. in Florida, and a lot of their um, a lot of their properties were, were damaged. And we've got a lot of Canadians or a lot of Hamiltonians that go down to Fort Myers or Naples, um, and their properties might have been damaged. So they've, they're down there either doing repairs or they're avoiding it altogether and waiting for, for the dust to settle. So lots of things to consider. Uh, number one, you got to have a plan in place. Um, sit down with your advisor, make sure you can afford it. You know, things like this, like inflation being higher, uh, the, the, the currency switching from, uh, from about 80 cents down to about 70 cents. Um, can you afford it? So it has to be part of a, a proper 
detailed budgeted plan. Um, a lot of people don't go through a, a detailed cash flow analysis. Don and I, we preach this every time we're on the show about going through a cash flow analysis and knowing what you actually need in retirement. Uh, no different than when you're going down, down to Florida or, or anywhere else down in down in the U.S., you've got to have a plan and a budget in place. If you if you don't if if, you, if what's the what's the term on if you fail to plan you you plan to fail, right? Pretty much that's it. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, you got to make sure that you've got uh, the plan in place. Looking at health and dental benefits that's that's one thing that a lot of people forget. They leave that to the last minute, and you know they're on their way out the door, and they said, "Shoot, we forgot about getting that health and dental plan in place. Let's go to the bank and see what they offer. Go go to CAA and see what they offer." So you really want to make sure that you've you've researched all those plans. Um, are you insurable? A lot of people think they just can get insurance, just walk into Blue Cross or, or CAA and get insurance. And some people aren't insurable. Um, so you want to make sure that you've got the coverage when you're going down there, um, especially looking at what happened during this, this recent storm, 140 people have, have perished during this time, um, you know, and there's lots that were injured. So if you don't have proper coverage while you're down there and, and a storm hits, you want to make sure that you're covered from a, from a health perspective. One thing with health insurance, um, there's all different types of, of health insurance out there. I would advise that if you're getting really cheap insurance, you're getting cheap insurance. It's not proper mm-hmm. coverage. Um, a lot of people think they got a good deal on insurance and they did get a good deal, but they don't have much coverage. And to read the fine print on those policies, you know, if you're getting something for $10 a month, generally that's not going to cover you for much. So, um, we've run quotes for a lot of people, uh, over the last year or, or two and, you know, somewhere around, uh, three or $400 a month is what's more reasonable for coverage. If you're, if you're looking for proper comprehensive coverage, basically you get what you pay for. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's with everything, right? And almost everything in life anyway. Um, things to consider, having a U.S. dollar account. So not just having a, a bank account with U.S. dollars, but having a, a, an investment account with U.S.-based or U.S. currency-based investments. So you can hold Canadian Canadian companies in a U.S. account, having dollars. So your actual investments are invested in U.S. dollars. It takes the currency play out of out of the equation. Um, if you're spending a lot of time down in the U.S. and you're and you're spending a lot of money and you're you plan on staying down there for a number of years, it's not a bad strategy to have some of your investments in U.S. dollars. Uh, not just your bank accounts, but uh, but actual investments. So stocks, bonds, whatever whatever you've got in your your investment portfolio. Uh, um, avoid trying to have. Uh, foreign exchange, uh, the, the, the timing game. Um, a lot of people try and torture themselves by, by playing the, 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 the foreign exchange and seeing if it's going to go up a percent or down a percent. I would say, you know what, just stick to your guns, put, put the money in and, and, and pick a point in time when you want to move that, those funds into, into the U.S. from Canadian funds and just stick to it. No looking back. It's, it's the cost of doing business. If you want to travel to the U.S., um, you've got to pick a point in time. You'll, you'll just kill yourself if you're trying to time it. Experts do it every day, all day. Um, and that's, they make millions of dollars doing it. And that's all they do all day. And, and they don't get it right all the time. So I, I would, I would uh, encourage people to, to just put their money into the U.S. and, and, and forget and about with what, it. what the well, rates are. You know, yeah, that, being said, it, yeah. that being said, says, uh, Jay, we do have a few clients that are actually kind of dollar average. And sure. they and they go every month. They know the trip's going to say cost you know three thousand dollars, so they'll buy U.S. dollars. And again, they're not timing it at all. They just blindly put it in every month in the U.S. currency, and they'll end up with an average currency rate over the course of the year. No, great strategy. Yeah, that that's again, that's a great strategy in conjunction with uh, that 
U.S. U.S. Uh, invest account having money in, in investments in the U.S. Th those two strategies will work great. Um, keeping U.S. dollars in a cash account. So even though you you come back from Florida or, or Arizona or Texas or wherever you've gone and, and you've got a couple thousand dollars left over, um, if you can afford the ability, just leave it in there. Don't cash it back out and transfer it back into Canadian dollars just because you're back in Canada. First of all, you're paying a transaction fee to do that. Um, and then on top of it, you're at risk of, of the, the currency exchange. So just leave the funds in there and wait for the next year when you go back. If you're not planning on going back, sure, transfer it back into Canadian dollars. But um, if you're planning on going back, just leave it in there. Um, use it as a as an emergency fund or, or, or just leave it there uh, to avoid the currency. Uh, beware of tax issues. So owning a property in the US, it, it's it's fine if you're if you're just using the property, but if you're renting it out, there's rental income. So you have to consider tax laws in the US. If you're selling a property in the US, you definitely want to consult with the lawyer or a, an accountant to make sure that you're you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's in terms of how you're reporting that income and how you're reporting the capital gains on a on a sale of a property in the US. Um, property maintenance in the US. Again, you're not living there. So if you're only down there for four or five months a year, what's happening in those other months? Who do you have looking after that property? You want to make sure you've got someone that can can take care of that property, not to mention the property that you've got here. If you've got a property in Canada, who's looking after that while you're gone? Are you covered for insurance uh, from property insurance if you leave the, the house vacant for three or four months? Um, so you really want to make sure you've got all those, those T's crossed. Um, other things, pest control in the US. That's one thing that we don't really look at here in Canada. It's a cost of doing business down there. Pest control, AC monitoring, uh, hurricane insurance. So uh, a lot of these people in Fort Myers that their, their homes were leveled or devastated, they didn't have coverage because a lot of these insurance companies don't offer for coverage anymore for that type of that type of tragedy. So whether or not you're willing to take the risk of, of buying a place down on, on a beachfront that could be in ruins, but if, if a hurricane hits and it, it demolishes the place, you don't have coverage. Um, so definitely look into those things, look into your policy. If, you, if you've got coverage, great, um, but it's definitely something you wanna, wanna consider before going down there. Uh, rent your home while you're away. A lot of people are doing this now it's very convenient they've got lots of websites out there airbnb and all these other sites that allow you to rent uh, your home here in canada while you're away so it's you know to augment some of that inflation augment some of that that currency exchange um, get a source of income by renting your place out here in canada on top of it someone's there to take care of it and looking after it um, if pipes are freezing or toilets are exploding or whatever else is going on <laughs> um, you want to make sure that your house is being occupied sometimes and if you can make some income from it uh, it's a it's a great way um other uh the the detailed property insurance i think is the number one uh missed missed uh opportunity most people don't know what they're covered for those policies are, are you know 60 70 pages long and they they think they have coverage no different than the health insurance um but i i believe that you really got to look look through those policies and make sure you've 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 covered everything it, it seems to me, Jay, you've given up a really long list of reasons people yeah. should rent rent in Florida rather than buy. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely no, and that's I I agree with that. Like, there's a there's the properties down there. Yes, they've appreciated over time, and and it's nice to own property. It's an investment, but we're seeing a lot more of our clients now renting down there because the attractiveness of not having any of these expenses and just you know turning the key and walking in and now it's like a hotel as opposed to having all the worries of having property ownership um 
And you have to wonder too, uh, with the recent events and things that have happened down there, if that's made people a little shy about purchasing, therefore affecting the value of your property down there. Yeah, very yeah. good point. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Bottom line is, yeah, you got to you got to make sure that you can afford to do it. Make sure that you you have all the means necessary. If there is tragedy that that occurs, um, make sure that you're covered. The the crossing of the T's and dotting their I's. That list that I gave. There's you know I only went through about eight eight different things, but there's about twenty on our list. Um, <laughs> if you if, if yeah if you want the list, but feel free to email Don or myself or or or, or the office, and we'll we'll get that list out to you. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right. Uh, we've got a, a new term here. You, you guys are always giving financial definitions, terms, technolo- uh, uh, terminology and such. Uh, and making sure we're all educated in in the latest. Uh, what is a teenager? How to be a success a successful teenager? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Have you looked in the mirror, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. I think I was just set up with this intro. <laughs> well i'm not I there yet <laughs> I, w- I wish i i wish i invented the word i i, I happen to come wait a sec it. wait a sec here jay is what a tweenager <laughs> no a tweenager yeah 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 sure we'll go with that <laughs> sure yeah you know what if there's anything i'd love to be and i think there's you know i don't think it's gender uh bi- bias but uh, certainly a lot of my friends would be teenagers they it's basically you're now a senior but you're kind of acting like a teenager when you get a chance to, whether it's your hobbies, whether it's uh, the things you just enjoy in general, um, or and maybe you're still thinking and you just pay the price maybe the next couple of days after you do these things. Yeah. Um, but but at the end of the day, isn't it a great thought? It's now you're a senior, you're maybe 60 or older, and you still now you got money. As a teenager, you had no money. So now you get to do the things that you really always wanted to do as a teenager. And maybe there's certain ones you should not have uh, even in, in, the, in your in your boxes to check off as, a, as now you're a senior. But you can have a lot of fun and, and really embrace life. But it comes down. Wait a to- sec. This, this is better than uh, 60s, the new 40. I mean, th- th- this is instrumental <laughs> here. What you're oh, talking this about. Is massive. <laughs> this is going to change my life. <laughs> 60s the new 19 <laughs> and we change but, lives god that, that's what we do <laughs> we do and i do have clients that have retired and they are total teenagers absolutely they are embracing life they are having a blast however how to be successful at it first thing and again i'm not being biased here because without this you can't do the others you need to have a financial plan it's 
is I know it sounds kind of dull, especially after talking about teenagers, but it comes down to having a proper financial plan. You have to have the money. Um, second, I'm going to go through the four major headings of, of being successful, of being a successful teenager. Money is one, of course. Health, you know, you have to look after yourself. Um, interests, have lo- lots of different interests to keep you young and mind f- and, and, and using your brain and keeping, you know, sharp. And I, again, uh, you know, you talk about people that are very relevant in their 70s and in 80s. And they, they're looking after those four things. And I know probably some of the listeners can come to mind. Oh, yeah, I know this one person. And he's doing all sorts of stuff. So let's start off with the financial plan. I know we've ch- chatted about this before. But it can't just be one of those cookie cutter plans that you, you know, hear about or see, uh, certainly on commercials, where, okay, we'll throw in this rate of return and this inflation. And, and here's your, you know, how much you spend, basically. And, oh, yeah, you're fine. It's, it's, that's just a projection tool that has not taken into, into account uh, a market crash or even better a Monte Carlo analysis that goes through a thousand different market scenarios so that you can ride out some of these downturns. We're in one now. And, you know, a lot of clients portfolios are down about 20%. Well, 20%, I know it's a short, short term blip. And over the long term, we'll look back and say, okay, yeah, we went through that and we're out the other side now. But if you're pulling out money every month, can you afford that 20% drop? And I know we do the stress test for our clients. Uh, higher inflation, that's a huge one. I, I got to say, that's one of the biggest myths I see in, in other plans I've, I've happened to come across. And what a detriment to a personal financial plan. You can go from being 100% successful down to 80% successful just by in, increasing inflation by 1%. So you know, you know, this is why it's so important for the government to get this reined in, get this under control. And this is why we are raising interest rates right now to rein this in, because it is the biggest effect on a retiree. Longevity, making sure, okay, you know what? Uh, we got to plan for somebody living 95, maybe even 100 these days. And uh, can you make it that far? And that's extremely important. And of course, disappointing returns. They're not always going to be good. And and the ups and downs of those returns. So. And no, actually, what we have is, I know Jay and I will look at, so what if all these things happened? And it, it might be a little bit on the pessimistic side. I'd rather err on pessimism when doing a person's plan. It's really what we call it stress testing. Let's throw all this stuff at it. And do you still come out looking great? Then that is a good financial plan. So number one, do that, okay? Now there's strategies, if you do fail, well, there are strategies. You can reduce your lifestyle. Well, that really goes against being a teenager, mind you. Um, it, but the other one is working part-time. What if you just worked a little bit? And it's absolutely incredible. I just did a plan last week. If this person makes 15000 a year for four years, he bumped up, they bumped up rather, into you've now no longer 86% successful. You're now 98% successful. And they, he plans to keep a part-time job. So this is all good. But he was wondering, what if I do not continue the part-time job? It didn't look as good. And I said, you could reduce your lifestyle, but who wants to do that? That's not fun. So number two is health expectancy versus life expectancy. And I'm a huge advocate of, of trying to keep fit, trying to, you know, not only your mind, and but, but also mainly your body, trying to have keep that heart fit, 
make sure you're mobile because a person's life, enjoyment of life is usually when they're mobile and get to do things. And that's all they ever talk about is, oh, I did this and I did that. Those are usually the topics that come in conversation. You can't do it if you, if you can't move anymore. And a lot of the you know, type 2 diabetes, et cetera, is based on people not looking after their mobility, their health. Yeah, when we go through, uh, when we've done plans before, I, I started using the, the term, one of, our, one of our colleagues out of the Ottawa office gave us this term, he calls it the first 10 years or the first stage of retirement is the go-go stage. Right. And then you've got the stop and go stage where maybe you're not traveling as much. And, you know, that, that teenager is the go go stage. And then that stop and go, maybe you got to do a lot more doctor's appointments and things like that. And then there's the no go where you're not traveling, you're not doing anything. Maybe you're you're in a home or, or something like that, or you're you're getting care at your home. So there's kind of those three stages of retirement that we factor in to when we're doing a plan to say, okay, you know, what if this does happen? What if your go go stage is, is 15 years, your no go? or your stop and go is 10 years and then your your no-go is another 10 years. So we factor that in and looking at what what kind of expenses would be coming in during that time as well. 100%. It's, uh, yeah, we all can go through these stages and likely will all, but we want to reduce the no-go stage. And it's interesting, there's a lot of books written about this. Uh, one particular one was called Younger Next Year. And I've, I've sent this off to many of, my, many of my clients. And it's been proven that you don't have to slowly get worse. If you keep fit, you can kind of maintain your mobility for quite some time. We're all going to end up at the same result. We all hit death eventually, but it's a sharp downtrend at that age rather than a slow, oh, the hip's gone, this is gone, you know, and a lot of this is you've done it yourself and you, you just can't do as much. And we've seen some of my most successful retirees, they're out jogging, they're doing things, um, they're walking the golf course. My dad, for example, is walking the golf course five days a week. Uh, pushing a golf cart at age 84. So you know what? He's following it. Now, it's interesting. One of the number one ways to keep mobile and fit is to use technology. And those Fitbits and uh, my, there's something I use, it's called MyZone. They, it ends up being uh, almost a game. And you also are comparing yourself against others. It's absolutely incredible how that has made people change. It's a, it, changes it's been a total shift on how they look at fitness because now they want oh wow look joan did this i better keep up with her or look at bob did this i want to keep up with that person and now it becomes a slight competition but nothing wrong with this at all and so those those type of technology you know ways of keeping track of your fitness has really worked for people uh, number uh, three is uh look at your interest find out your passions and this is really great because now you're retired, you got time. And we, we've done this uh, retirement readiness quiz. And even though you may be financially perfectly well off, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy because when you come out of retirement, every day, is a, every day is a Saturday, every day is a weekend. And you got lots of time on your hands. And so all of a sudden you got to think, okay, what am I going to do? All my buddies are at work. And uh, we used to do this and after work and we had all these things we used to do. Now they're working and I'm not. So, you know, whether it's a, a golf is an example, but uh, photography, maybe it's travel, maybe it's cooking, you know, but when you do it, jump in both feet. Like, why just be a, a, you know, a kind of a casual photographer, really find out, take some courses or a cooking class. And really, I want to, I want to impress my friends. I've got, I'm going to do this and we're going to have this great dinner and I'm going to look after it all. And it's absolutely incredible. I, I know uh, 
for example, on the spectator, there's eye on the area. They send in a picture every day of somebody that's taken a shot, a picture. And photographers become, you know, with spe specifically with the iPhones and, 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 you know, the Android phones in general, they've so much better than they used to be that the amateur photographer can now look great and they'll send these in. It's kind of cool that you, you got in the best picture. Uh, this uh, past week, I happened to see a red maple leaf, you know, indicating the season, of course, and it was a great shot. So get involved in your interests. Now, using your mind, you know, here you are, you had a pretty high-end job and, and all of a sudden you're kind of put to pasture. It's tough for a lot of people because a lot of it is mandatory retirement, some of these firms. And they go and it's, they were looking after lots of employees and you've gone from pedal to the metal to turning off the key and turning off the engine altogether. So this, what a great opportunity to volunteer on the boards or, or different charity events. They're always looking for great minds to help out. And it really takes some, you know, quite often it need, they need the leadership because they may not, the ones that are running it now may not be suited to do this. You know, another point on that, Don, is we've been talking um, uh, in the past about how every industry is looking for employees. Every industry is looking for help. You talked about volunteering. Uh, I was talking to one of the food bank organizations in around Thanksgiving time. And one of their biggest challenges right now, even with the mass influx of new people coming in, is they, they're having a hard time getting volunteers. So just like there's shortages of labor, shortages yeah. of everything, there's a huge shortage of volunteers. So if you've got extra time, that can really be helpful to, to organizations. Yeah, absolutely. I know my, my, my wife volunteers at the Burlington Food Bank and with the higher inflation rates right now and interest mortgage rates going up, there's definitely an uptick in people that need that, that service. And they're, they, they do need those volunteers, but whatever your, your passion or what happens to be something you're interested in, there's lots of organizations there begging for people. So I've got basically, here's three scenarios. I have a client that's uh, 77 and, and, still walking and just loves to do it. And he, I look through this person and he's just having a great time and he's using all those strategies and, and he's a great teenager. He's just, he's involved in everything. He just, unfortunately the calendar says he's 77, but in reality, he's, he's a lot younger minded than that. Uh, another client of mine uh, who's 60, he lost 41 pounds after he retired, got into cycling. He volunteers also. He started a part-time job just at the Home Depot and, and just making a few, and he loves it. He, he gets benefits. He, he thinks this is great. I've never seen him this happy. Um, again, perfect teenager. Uh, another client of mine, 69, he retired and then decided to say, you know what, I'm going to just start something uh, with a company, maybe be an ambassador with this company. And next thing you know, you end up getting more and more involved with all his life skills that he's been involved with. And now he's taking this into a full-time job, having a blast and making almost as much money as was when he was working full-time. So great teenagers. Um, and again, in this particular case, he's out there getting about 50 rounds of golf and that he wasn't doing when he was working. So having a, this is all what life's about. It's not just about the money. It's about taking the money to follow your passions. And, and it does, it does need a plan. And there's, there is a bit of a depression quite often when people leave their employment because they've had this routine. 
They're used to this. They got their friends and all of a sudden they go home and it's quiet and they may have a spouse, but it's not the same. And they have to find something to really grasp onto. And if you can look at this and say, okay, money's one thing, check. I've looked after that. My financial planner has gone through all this and we are comfortable. So I don't need to work. I may want to work, but I don't need to work. Health, how do I improve that? And this may be a coach, get a a fitness coach, uh, take some classes, do something different. Uh, Also, one way to become a teenager is do those things that you always thought you want to do, but you never did, like hot air ballooning, for example. You may not want to bungee jump, but hey, who knows? You might want to do that. (laughs) Ride in a plane. Do these things that you've always thought about doing, because that's what, you know, all these stories you're going to be telling your grandkids should involve great stories and you should be living them now because you can, you can do it. Find those interests and be great at them. Don't just be dabble in them, be great at them. And finally, use your brain. You know, you, you've, uh, you've got lots of skills and there's so many volunteer positions or even part-time job positions that would love to have your skill set, and you'll be happier for it. You'll probably get way more out of this than they're getting. So you at know, the end of the day, take all these things, take those four things, take them to the, take them to the bank and become an awesome teenager. I'm finding as I'm becoming a teenager, I'm getting shorter. So maybe I need to do that <laughs> bungee jumping to kind of stretch out the spine a bit, get that extra inch back. <laughs> it's working for the prime minister. What the heck? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take another break here. We're coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Now, oddly enough, on a show where we've uh, learned what a teenager is, we're going to talk about annoying financial phrases. Are these two connected in any way? <laughs> oh, absolutely, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, it was an annoying phrase, but Don uh, Don seemed to demystify the, the fact that seniors are, are, are cool. They it's are not cool. going away. It's not going it's, away. Yeah, Teenagers yeah, yeah. rock. All right. <laughs> Anyways, I, I read an article on the weekend of the Globe and Mail, and it was about financial phrases that annoy people. And they they went through and basically saying, you know, listed a whole bunch of phrases that, that people got annoyed with, but they didn't explain the, the actual topics or the actual phrases. So they're still annoying because no one even knows what they mean still. So I thought I'd do a little bit of a, a blurb on, on what each one of these are. And people are obviously annoyed by them. So I thought I'd just clarify what each each one means and just go through each one if, if you don't mind here. Um, so number one on the list um, was passive income. What's passive income? No one really knows what it is. What does it mean? It's it's basically an income that is acquired automatically uh, with minimal labor. So something like a rental property might have minimal labor, or if you're a silent business 
partner where you invest into a business, but you don't really have any say in the matter and they just keep giving you dividend checks or investing in something that like a, a bank stock or something like that that produces a dividend. It's kind of passive income. You're not really doing anything. Uh, I'll never forget when I first told my son what I kind of do for a living. And I was like, oh, this is how it works. And this is how investments work. And he's like, so you don't have to do anything and it just makes money. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> you just, you, don't, you just put you just put it in there and it makes money. Yeah. You don't have to lift anything or clean anything up. No, no, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just passive. Yeah. Just open your, yeah. So anyways, so passive income, definitely something that people, it's annoying for people because they don't know what it means. And that's, that's what it is. Um, the, the new term, Dom was talking about seniors uh, working and, and side hustle. So that's another term in the side hustle. World. I've heard that side hustle. Everyone's using it now. So it's income generated um, by doing something other than your career or your day job. So Uber driving um, on the weekends or at night. Um, we were I was in an Uber a couple of weeks ago and the Uber driver was a chiropractor. And I thought, hmm. geez this is unbelievable. Like he works all day. Um, it's a successful job. He's, he's making some good money, but I got nothing to do at night. Like I'm not married. I don't have kids. He says, I don't go to bars and partying. So I just, I just Uber drive and I meet all kinds of interesting people. So it was kind of neat. That's his side hustle, Mm. not necessarily doing it for money, but more entertainment. Maybe, um, there's other things you can dog walk. Uh, there's lots of people that buy and sell stuff online now with all these platforms that they're, that are out there, um, getting deals on things, buying something at a discount from someone and then selling it at a, at a higher price. Um, clothing and stuff like that. There's all kinds of different side hustles that are out there. Um, a stock picker's market. So people say, well, what does that mean? It, aren't all markets stock picker's market? Well, yeah, they are. Um, if you're a good stock picker, you're picking you're picking stocks in a market where if you just bought the index, you're beating the index. And that's what our, our portfolio managers do. Um, we've got mutual fund and portfolio managers that are picking stocks for our, our clients every day. That's their job. So a stock picker's market, if you just buy the index versus just buying or picking stocks, um, it, it's that's the difference. So you really want to make sure that you're looking at it and saying, okay, yeah, stock picker's market, it's always a stock picker's market. There's always stocks that will outperform the index. It, if you pick the right ones. The tricky part is picking the right ones for sure. Um, the smart money. So people say, oh, the smart money is doing this. What does that mean? Smart money is, is institutional investors and institutional investors. What's that? Well, institutional <laughs> investors are, are pension funds. So people that are managing the pension funds have individual investors inside those pension funds that are picking and buying and selling stocks, buying and selling real estate, trading bonds. Um, also within a mutual fund, They're, that's an institutional investors. So they're, they've got a large pool of money where they're buying stocks and they, they can control the market a little bit um, by, by making swings in the market, by trading such high volume. So they're known as the smart money. The reason they're called, it's called the smart money because they're the experts. Um, they went to school for this. They do it day in and day out. That's the smart money. So a lot of people will follow the smart money or what the smart money is doing. And it's these institutional investors. So you can follow the smart money by investing into a, a mutual fund or a, 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 a pension fund. Uh, all your eggs in one basket. So this one, it, it kills me. Everyone, when we sit down with clients or prospects and they say, well, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? Well, I've got money at five different institutions. So I want to make sure that I've got money in all these different baskets. And then when we dial it down and really dig deep into these statements, 
these clients actually have the same investments basically at all five institutions. So they've put their eggs into five different baskets, but it's the same eggs in the, in the basket. They haven't diversified really. And they, they think they're diversifying by being at five different institutions or being in five different mutual funds or something like that. And really they've done the same thing five times. So they haven't put any eggs in a different basket. So, so the risk, that, so the risk is with the institution, not with the plan or the portfolio. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just it. So a lot of people think that they've done their due diligence and they're doing the right things by putting money at different places. And uh, one of the things is the CDI insurance. It covers a hundred thousand dollars of your deposit. So they think, Oh, if I've got 500,000, I'll put it at five institutions, different institutions and I'm covered. Well, yeah, yeah, you're covered if if the company goes broke, but if the underlying investments are Bitcoin and Bitcoin goes from twenty thousand to two dollars, you're not covered. It's not insurance against losses. So that's another misnomer that people have that they think by diversifying they've got coverage for CDI insurance, but they're really not. Uh, they're really not diversifying, and we we find that often with with clients. So the bottom line is, you know, there's a lot of these tips. Again, I, I mentioned before that we'll send off that that list um, by email. If you want for the Florida or, or for the snowbirds, we also have a list of this for all the terms. If someone wants to email us, we'll definitely send it out to them. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Don, we're going to talk about uh, deferring CCP. Not always the best idea. We've talked about this a few times. Yeah, I can. A pension plan, it's... uh... It's one of those things that, generally speaking, people aren't spending enough time analyzing what they should do. And generally speaking, every time we've talked about this show, we have been saying, oh, definitely wait till 65. Potentially, it might be best to wait till 70. In fact, most experts would agree now that 70 seems to be an excellent option because of how it works. And just to review how Canada Pension Plan works, if you did, let's say you're going to get 1000 a month at age 65. Well, if you took it at 60, you're going to get a 36% decrease. Now, you don't have to take 60 or 65. It can be any month in between there. So it's, it's simply, they, you know, they reduce it per month, basically. But at the end of the day, you would end up with uh, $640 if you took it at age 60 versus 65. But if you wait till 70, you'll end up with a 42% increase. And now you're going to get $1,420 per month. So I guess the argument... W- Reasons you should start it early, there really is only two reasons. One is you have no money and you have to eat. Okay, straightforward. (laughs) You have no choice. And there's unfortunately a lot of people in that boat because the poverty rates actually decrease at age 60 because they start taking their Canada pension plan early in Canada. So that's number one. Hopefully that's not uh, the listeners out there right now. But number two is if you also, if there's a reduced life expectancy, you've had some illness or something and there's a very 
there's a better likelihood that you won't live that long, well, then you may want to start taking it early also. And therefore, you know, because there's break-even points, basically, if you take it at 60 versus 65, well, if you went to 65, the break-even point would be about age 74. In which case, if you live past age 74, you're ahead of the game rather than starting at age 60. Interesting enough, 95% of people out there take it at 65 or earlier. So 19 out of 20 people are taking it at, le- at the latest 65. So many are taking it before 65. In fact, only 1% are deferring that till age 70. So that's, you know, not, uh, not shocking because kind of uh, even accountants at one time were suggesting, you know, don't take it past 65, but they did change the rules and they've given a, a larger increase. And this has been for a number of years now. But this is a really strange year. I didn't know this, that while you're waiting to collect your CPP, it is being indexed by wage inflation. And so the wage index is whatever that happens to be. While you're collecting Canada Pension Plan, it is being increased by price inflation or or the consumer price index. So what's the big deal, Don? Well, weirdly enough, this year, the price inflation is higher because of this whole pandemic and the surge of increase. And we just talked earlier on the show about inflation. The price inflation is quite a lot higher this year. And and it's actually outstripped wage inflation by a substantial amount. So there might be an opportunity, and this might be a one in a generation life um, opportunity, that if you are 69 this year, you actually might want to start it this year, collect your Canada pension plan for the whole year as opposed to waiting till 70 because by the time you hit 70, you're going to get the index. You're going to get the, the price index and you'll actually get about the same amount by, and so it won't be that much difference than if you waited. And it's quite interesting. Um, the article in the paper that I was reading, it actually said it was slightly higher by, by starting it a year earlier. Mm. because of this anomaly and this may like i said this is a one-off this do not take this we're still going to go back next year and sell all the listeners start start collecting your Canada pension plan at 70 but this is one of the very rare occasion where you actually might be better off because the inflation rate price inflation rate will be 6.3 percent is what they're they're expecting and the wage inflation rate is going to be a lot less um very complicated cpp is complicated the best times Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly an easy thing to discuss, but in generalities, there's a lot of things that go in this. So again, you should be talking to your financial planner about this, but at the end of the day, I said, okay, let's say you try to go an easy example. If you're 69 at, at the beginning of this year, you would have got $1,000 um, a month, say. And by the end of the year, that's going to go up by 6.3%. So you're going to get $1,063. Well, if you wait that extra year, it's an eight point, um, sorry, you're going you're gonna to get um, 8.4%, so $1,084 um, per month start by next year because you'll get a full year's of price index. It will be about the same if you end up waiting the whole year and say, I'm going to put this off for a year because that's what I heard on the radio. This is a strange year because you're going to get about the same amount by putting it off. In fact, by starting it back in January, you got a whole year for free. And you can't catch up. So weird type of thing. Plus, if you're self-employed, 
for those self-employed, you have to keep contributing to Canada Pension Plan. And so you're putting this extra $7,000 in for nothing. So lots of kind of implications. You, will, you should look at your tax situation because if your income's high, that might get eroded by income tax. And so that may not work out anyway. Um, another thing is you have to look at your overall old age security strategy because if you're trying to work out your old age security with clawback, you should take in this, okay, is it still worth taking it early, this Canada Pension Plan, even with this anomaly? So there's, uh, like any financial plan, tons of moving parts. And this is why you need to sit down with your financial planner and say, does this anomaly work for me? And if it does, go for it. Hey, it's one of those generational things that just might work out. We have been planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Another great show, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, All the best. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.